Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-N on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Six in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Oilers now. Bob Stoffer with you. It, it is uh, the second hour of the show brought to you by our title sponsor, and that is Digitex. Trusted by 630 Chad. Digitex, where you can visit their new e-commerce site and order supplies, printers, and more at digitex.ca. Hugh Porter and his staff at Digitex will take care of them. Tell care of you. Tell them that Oilers now sent you. Uh, more of Stoffer Inspector for our friends at Horse Racing Alberta in this hour. You can reach us on a River Creek Resort Casino hotline 780-496-0063. They have Steve Earl and the Dukes, the 30th anniversary of Copperhead Road coming up September the 23rd. We are going to bring Spec in, but uh, momentarily we're going to go to our 630 Chad uh, text line at 630-630. And you know what? You know what happened here? I just realized right now I'm going to have to do a little bit of catch-up work on the show here coming up in the uh, final half hour. Uh, but again, uh, yeah, you can text us at 630-630 on our Westlock Ford text line. If you're looking for a new vehicle, go see Paul Olson at Westlock Ford or check out their great selection today at westlockford.com. Worth the drive to get your new ride. Spec, we got a bunch in, so let's, uh, let's hear them. Let's hear them. Out of Red Deer, uh, an agent can be very influential also, they will explain to the player they are professional, like any, uh, like in any or, uh, negotiations. Yes, it's on the player, but a lot is on the agent as well. That's one text from Red Deer. A different texter from Red Deer says, "Sure, like specs, shoot from the hips." Comments, shoot from the hip. Comments, don't beat around the bush. Nurses in charge. Lucic never asked for a trade. They all say that. Nice truth. That text us comes to us from Beck. Uh, this text from our friend Andresito in Nelson, B.C. Sir Bob Geldof, I don't get why no one talks about the $5.5 million cap space for Andre Secra. To me, if uh, he doesn't either pick up a short-term uh, contract on a defenseman or a forward with that money, then it's a massive failure, especially if the team struggles again this year. Did Shirelli not learn from last year? Uh, I would just recalibrate it here. What is the over-under on him picking up somebody else, i.e. a Falk? That one comes to us from Andresito in Nelson, B.C. Mark Spector, we will go to you at this time. What are your thoughts? What's, uh, sh- What's going on? Did I screw up here? No, you- no, no. Give me, uh, give me the question again. Uh, are, are you selling a house or something on the fly, or what's going yeah, on? Here? Exactly. <laughs> you see, you didn't hear the text at all. The question is, is Shirelli going to deploy the cap space for Secra, who's potentially out for half a year? Is, or is that a slippery slope because you don't know how long he's out for? What do you think is going to happen yeah, that's there? That's the problem. That's the problem. Is you can't, uh, obviously, 
here's the, the the sequential scenario. You go to camp, you hope someone impresses you enough, uh, an Ethan Bear, an Evan Bouchard, and you can get away without going and making a big purchase because trying to bring in a guy, a second-pairing defenseman, is going to be a $4 million deal. Uh, if you're, cause, you know, you're not going to someone else and getting their $900,000 second-pairing defenseman. If you have one of those, you keep them. So first, you hope your guy in Edmonton that you've got under contract steps up and takes the job. Second of all, if you're trying to go and replace Andre Secker in the open market, now you got to come up with a bunch of money. And yes, he's supposed to come back in January, and you need to have that space. So it's a huge gamble for the GM, right? You go too deep into that, into that um, you spend too much money, and Secker comes back in December and says, I feel great, I'm ready to play. Now what? Right? Now what? You've got to have the cap space when that player comes back. So this is the dance that Pete Chiarelli will have to dance here. Again, he hopes he doesn't have to bring in a new contract. If he does, that's when the fun starts. Bob Stauffer with you along with Mark Spector. Do you want to tell you that guests on the show receive gift certificates to Japanese Village Restaurants, three locations out in Edmonton, and now... Uh, with one out in Sherwood Park, Japanese Village, a perfect place to celebrate your special occasion. All right, so it's a tricky scenario for Peter Chiarelli. I think we can agree on that. Well, and, and you know what? We've all, everyone out there listening to the show is blaming Peter Chiarelli for a lot of his problems, and that's fair because he's, you know, that's how it works when you're the GM. Losing your defenseman in August, your second-pairing guy, uh, that's not Pete Chiarelli's fault. It's his problem. Right, you've passed free agency. You've passed the time when uh, guys are moving players off their rosters that they were trying to move. Not a lot of trades right now. It's a real low blow to a guy to say in August, oh, by the way, you just lost your guy with an Achilles injury. And we don't know how long he's out for right now. Could be the whole season. Could be the whole Could season. Could be only half. Right? So Here's what my worry is, and, and we watched this unfold last year. Andre Sacra plays half a year, or misses half a year, then comes back uh, on his ACL injury and was just absolutely didn't help the cause at all. Uh, let's go to this year's January. I think people are expecting or certainly hoping the orders are right in the mix. Yeah. Every two points is yeah. very important. You cannot yeah. try to break in a guy coming off an Achilles injury in January and hope to make the playoffs at the same time. That's a pretty tough mix. So what do you do? I don't know what you do. It's a good question. I, I mean, mean, I, I guess, guess you could what? send him to Bakersfield and leave him there if you didn't feel he was ready. But that's expensive, and you got to pay that on your cap. Now, right. what you could do is, are, is it fair to say you're going to have at least $2.8 million in cap savings? Oh, uh, okay, sure. So could you trade a $2 million forward, a, yeah. de- a depth forward, for a $4.8 million defenseman? Theoretically, sure. Is there a team out there that needs a more physical presence to their forwards that was maybe soft and easy to play against last year? Probably a few, yes. One team that might have a plethora of right-handed shooting defensemen so you don't have to rush a 10th overall pick in the NHL? Yeah, it could be, Bob. Okay, well. That'd be Carolina. So, Who are you trading them? Cassian? Yeah, it would cost I mean, you. It would cost you a high pick. You'd have to. You got to sweeten that deal. Yeah, yeah you'd, it'd have to be Cassie in a second. You're not giving up a number one. And the other thing is, I don't even know if you want Falk because well, the analytics guys out there would say we don't want Falk, but the hardcore editor fans are saying we need a guy like Falk to come in and run the power play because for three years in a row he had 15 plus goals in the power play yeah. until last year, in which he had a terrible uh, season. It's interesting with Falk. We went in there in March. He was. Horrendous. Okay. The Oilers won 7-2. They banked one in off of him. Yeah, I remember that game, yeah. The other one, he put one right on the tape in his own zone. Now, in fairness, it ricocheted off the uh, linesman, eh, but he made a soft yeah. pass in his own zone. 
body composition wasn't great. But all that being said, I mean, it's a, it, it's sort Is of a, there dam- a player. That's a good question. Uh, do I think he could play as a four or five because mm-hmm. he's a right shot. So there you go. So I think that's not a deal that you make today because I, th- I know that, uh, in fact, both Caleb Jones and Ethan Bear have come back. Uh, I think that they were both challenged last year to, oh, yeah. to um, increase their fitness a great deal. And both of them came back this year, and I'm told uh, did absolutely that, beat every measure that they were challenged on and are both uh, showing that maybe they're getting it. Maybe they're figuring it out. Caleb Jones is further along, I think, than people thought he might be. And, uh, well, he had a difficult campaign last year. He did, and he, and even Ethan Bear, you know, everyone's so quick to sort of say, ah, he needs to go back. And well, well, I'm one of those guys. I think he yeah. does need to go back. Well, I watched I, him play at the end of last year, and if there's been improvements made, and maybe you can work him in on your fourth, he, your third pair. It's interesting. He uh, was paired with Dmitry Samarukov down in Calgary, and Samarukov was running around like a wild stallion on the ice. Mm-hmm. And, Made a couple bad reads, and Bear was sort of last man back a couple times, yeah. which was ironic because to me, Bear's the guy that needs to. Well, he needs. To he's going to be the more. He's going to be the more offensively skilled sure. guy than Sam Rukov. Um, I, I mean, I have time. Put it, put it this way: Is it is part of the problem for Todd McClellan as head coach and Peter Shirelli as GM? There's great expectations for this franchise. You have Connor McDavid. They're probably two years away from fully transitioning both Bear, because I think Bear's going to play in the NHL. I want people to know that. Yep. I just don't know if the time's now. And I'm 100% certain that Bouchard's going to play in the yep. NHL. I have no... I, I'm 80% certain that Bear's going to play, yep. and maybe he can be a left-handed sh- or a right-handed version of a guy like Shane Gostabear, mm-hmm. uh, Fair that plays for the Flyers, sure. right? A little bit smaller guy that can really move the puck and run a power play. Yep. I think Bear can be that guy. I think the Oilers have two right-shot puck movers in the future. The problem is neither might not be ready for prime time yet. Well, and, and the issue that, you know, we've watched this in Edmonton. They, they've, outside of the first round, they haven't drafted well enough for a long time. And even though they started to, to change that tide, Bob, let's say, I'm going to say three years ago, they started to get some guys where, you know, what's Bear? Is Bear fourth or fifth round? He was a fifth round. Jones was a fourth round pick. Yeah, there you go. And there's two guys who are now trending like they both could play. And the orders didn't have nearly enough of those guys. Right. And it, to turn that ship around, look at Vancouver. You know, Vancouver is was every bit as far in arrears draft-wise as Edmonton was. It's a five, six-year deal to turn that ship yeah. around. And listen, the orders can't wait on that. They got to win before that. But in terms of being able to say, well, we need a player. I wonder if Connor Sheary turns out. I wonder if Brian Russ turns out. I wonder if Jake Gunsel turns into something. The Oilers haven't been able to have that guy. And that's where we're going to go next when we come back here. We're going to talk a bit about the – because we're going to transition into the rookie uh, game tonight against Nate McEwen, uh, but also a, a bit on uh, just maybe the changing complexion of the makeup of the Oilers' depth in their uh, organization. We do want to tell you here on Oilers Now, for our friends at New West Travel. Sweden and Germany are sold out, but registrations are now being accepted for Oilers Now road trips to see the Oilers play in Nashville and Vegas. You never know who's going to show up at the events that we have in these markets. Sometimes we have really great guests that make an appearance. Um, These great packages include tickets, hotels, receptions, plus parking at Value Park, the Edmonton International Airport. Register now for the Oilers Now road trips. Call New West Travel, 780-432-7446, or online at newwesttravel.com. Apparently, uh, the afternoon uh, show, which is Jalen and I and Andrew Gross, they're going to Jamaica. And uh, Andrew Gross 
in one of those uh, mankini type things. Apparently, it's quite the sight. The that, banana hammock? Uh, is that what they're called? I, yeah. I've never heard that. No, reference. thanks. All right. 117 in Edmonton. Uh, back on Oilers Depth when we return on Oilers Now. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. It's 120 in Edmonton. I'll tell you this about the podcast. Uh, Brendan Ulrich did a great year for a number of years building up our following on the podcast. We endeavor to have the best guests possible. Uh, of course, John Shannon does Monday's shows. Uh, we have Spec on Tuesday, courtesy of our friends at Horse Racing Alberta. Well, tomorrow, Craig Simpson will make his debut for the season. Thursday, Louis DeBrusque. So we got the top two analysts for Hockey Night in Canada on orders now. Friday, one of the most plugged-in men in the business, Elliot Friedman. And we are working, cannot name who it is yet, but we are working on one more significant guest. It's all about uh, getting you the best possible guest possible here on orders now. And... Um, like I said, uh, as for the podcast, I'm not going to state where we're at in terms of out there. We're very competitive, about as competitive as you can be. Let's leave it at that. Um, Stopper Inspector for Horse Racing Alberta. By the way, Mark, tomorrow we're in Red Deer. Yeah. There's an event at the Holiday Inn, the one right on Gasoline Alley. Uh, Peter Shirelli, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Kevin Lowe, Bob Nicholson will all be at this event. Uh, John okay. Shannon, Mark, uh, uh, my broadcast partner, Jack Michaels will be there. We'll be there live with their show from noon to two, and then we're doing the game, the second of the Battle of Alberta rookie games between the Oilers and the mm. Flames tonight at Rogers Place. Yes. The Nate McEwen All-Stars against the Oilers rookies. Uh, we do expect Evan Bouchard in the lineup. Don't know if we're going to see Kyler Yamamoto. But, uh, well, I think you just want to see, you know, uh, I I will say this as a long time, about to many, many of the Golden Bear games, and, and I'm a Golden Bear guy, I always cheer for him because um, I don't cover the team. But I will admit that when I went to watch the Golden Bears and the Oilers play, I barely ever watched the Golden Bear players. I always watched all the Oilers rookies to see who I liked. <laughs> and I think the, the, that's what we'll see. What fans are doing there tonight, no disrespect to Grant McEwen and Nate, but I'm not looking in my program to see who number four is on the other team. I'm looking Colton to... Waltz, that's who he okay. is. Hey, you got he the plays lineup. for Nate, and I, he uh, previously <laughs> okay, played Colton, for Ronald I didn't Royal. mean anything by that. <laughs> okay. But certainly I want to see Caleb Jones play tonight, right? Yeah. I want to see Evan Bouchard play tonight. This yeah. is this is It's time to watch these kids play. I can't wait for it. Yeah, tickets at Ticketmaster.ca. So it's my belief that the Oilers are like a 5-6 in terms of organizational depth on a 10 scale. Okay. They were at a 2-3 before. We're starting to see the transition of some of their forwards in. Yeah, to, uh, and to get again, Bob, to get from three to eight is lit. It's not just five spots in the lineup. It's also five years. Yeah, it takes some time. Uh, time. And this has been Shirelli's uh, coming up. Gretzky. As, and Keith Gretzky's now in his third year, but Shirelli's fourth year fourth, as GM. Yeah. Uh, the Oilers did some things last year. They traded for the rights for Cooper Marodi and ended up signing him. He was a flyer six-round pick. He was the... Yeah, and he looks like a guy that can play. Second-team All-American. You mentioned all those guys from Pittsburgh. And those guys with Bill Guerin, they needed a little bit of transition time in the AHL. Yeah. Uh, for me, watching Marodi needs to work on his quickness, but he's really smart, and he's a competitive player. He's in the right spots, and he's got some skill. Cameron Habig, who uh, missed... Uh, most all of sixteen seventeen uh, with the Saskatoon Blades with like they they couldn't figure out if it was concussion or neck issues missed the entire year forty one goals ninety points last year uh, between Saskatoon and they signed him as a free agent they signed him in uh, they, they signed him before March first which meant they had to burn a year of uh, 
uh, is ELC, and no. so Hebig. So they get Marody and Hebig in non-traditional fashions, right? Not their own drafted guys. Whatever. Uh, and that counts you, too. <laughs> you wrote a piece on Tyler Benson uh, that appeared in Sportsnet's site. Mm-hmm. Remember back in twelve thirteen when we were in the lockout year, going, "What the hell are we gonna?" You were on the other station at the time, but yeah. we're, we're, what what are we gonna do here? For, you do and so? I ended up down at Southside Arena watching him play Bantam hockey. I saw him seven Sundays in a row, <laughs> yeah, and I was equally night. as impressed with Sam Steele as Benson. But there's a guy, so he's gonna be there. Kyler Yamamoto, yeah. uh, I've had him penciled in on the farm since day. Like you know yeah. that. That's where I think. But there's four forwards that are going to get transition there. That all have a good chance to play, you know. And 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 out of those four, I've i all four aren't going to play. But I'll tell you, if two do, that's two more than they've been getting. If three do, then you're in great shape. Yeah. You know, there's only so much room in and, your big league lineup. And then they took some swings on some guys, and by swings we mean, you know, uh, the the VC kid that they picked right. up in the deal from the Leafs, um, the brother of Larkin, so Colin Larkin, mm-hmm. who was playing NCAA Division Three. Those guys signed well, I NHL. Don't know. Those guys signed uh, NHL deals, but those are. They're older guys, and they're just they're hoping to hit on one of those guys just to create a little bit more depth as well. So they're not playing twenty six and twenty seven year old American Hockey League guys, on, right? You know that are not on NHL deals or an AHL ECHL deals. Well, and and it's you know it's both from an organizational and from a salary cap standpoint. There's a reason that that again let's keep going back to Pittsburgh because they won those cups. There's a reason that three of their top six or three of their top nine forwards are guys like Rust and Sheary and Gunsel because they were all making nine hundred thousand when they were doing it. Son, hey, <laughs> remember know? when the Oilers <laughs> went to the final in two thousand six? They had like six forwards in and around a million bucks at that yeah. time. Jarrett Stoll had yet to hit the home run. Fernando Pisani, uh, you know, these guys, I Probably mean, Torres, Sto- right. uh, Torres stole it, had a 68-point season that yeah, year in the NHL. Sean Horkoff hadn't hit the big payday. He had 73 points that year. Right. And from about that time on, their drafting really did go dry, and, and uh, it's coming back. And I think that you know, well, continuity plays a factor in it coming back because, you know, when you have different philosophical approaches with oh, the GM. Sure. You can't change your GM all the time, and you can't change your head of scouting all the time. you got to find good people like, and stick with them. You know, the worst pick the Oilers made for me in the last 10 years was Cameron Abney. Okay. Uh, Who are you going to say? Uh, Third round pick for Cameron Abney. I mean, in Mitch Moraz's case, who was a second-round pick, that's I, I looked at him. And, I mean, he scored 30-plus goals one year in the WHL. Yeah. You know, but that's a second round pick, and it never came close to. Play. And I and and I think he realized like, he was a tough guy in the Western League, but when he went to that next level, the other guys hit back pretty hard too. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Oilers have a prospect by the name of Evan Poli, who's out of Red Deer, and in my mind, he's he's no worse of a prospect than Miraz ever was because mm-hmm. he's thicker and he's and there's there's difference between guys that can fight and guys that are. Like really tough and can take a shot. And last year, Evan Poli got hit a bunch of times by legitimate minor pro tough guys and kept a licking and kept on chucking. Mm-hmm. Right? He's a legitimately he's on an AHL deal. So, but I I looked at Abney and I thought to myself that might be the worst skilled player I've ever seen as a and I know damn well Steve Tambellini influenced that decision on that call because he wanted to get a bigger tougher team and Abney was supposed to be the next big tough guy coming out of the double. now we're going back to 2009 here yeah and Miraz was in the but if you're going back to 2009 let's say that guy plays right so let's say you draft him in nine let's say he turns pro in 11 and let's is in the NHL in 13 NHL in 13 now you got a five-year vet yeah right you're you talking a different vet on the player. team this year and you go well there's a spot that's 
not up for grabs. You you uh, brought a couple players up yesterday in terms of uh, Tyler Benson, and one was Versteeg, who's played 600 games in the NHL, and the other one's Tanner Pearson, who's a almost identical build to yep. uh, Tyler Benson. And, you know, Tanner Pearson didn't get on anybody's radar screen until he was 20. Yeah. Yeah, right. and, and, you know, Tyler Benson, I, I actually went back, Bob, and, and looked at the uh, team, yeah. uh, the article that I wrote in 2012 on Tyler Benson. And, and when I wrote that piece, he was 5'11", and he was 180 pounds. Well, they list him today at 5'11 and a half and 190 pounds. So he hasn't... He I don't know huge. anybody like that, Speck. I don't know anybody that was the same size at 14 that he was at 19. I know. He was huge in Bantam, and that helped him to set the record, beat Ty Raddy's yep. Bantam AAA record, by the way. Uh, but nonetheless, there's a ton of skill in the player. He can play with high-skill centermen. He's a left-winger. Uh, you know, the Oilers have their top two centermen spots. They're sewed up for a long time to come. What they now need is that skilled winger. And a guy like Tyler Benson just could turn into the guy. Has a chance to be a middle 6 forward. That is Mark Spector. Speck, thanks for coming in. Hope you seal the deal here shortly on the business front. <laughs> yeah. We'll have you back aboard next uh, Tuesday. Actually, I will be... Uh, we'll do the show from here. We're flying down to Vancouver. Uh, off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Brad Whisker has just returned from Ottawa. He's a longtime Ottawa citizen. He's uh, helped us produce the show over the last month. We're going to talk a bit about Eugene Melnick after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.